Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Hope your week is going well. Hope your day's been going well. If you haven't yet, this is my weekly daily reminder. Ah, Make sure you're prioritizing and centering your mental health. Yep, that's the new mantra. How does this impact my mental health? And also just saying, how is my mental health? What, what might I need to do? You know, treating it like you would your physical health. If you injured yourself, you would take the day off, take a few hours off, call out, turn your phone off, whatever it is you need to do. We need to be able to apply that to our mental health. There's days where you have to say, yep, mental health isn't doing too great. I need to maybe clear my day, cancel a few commitments I made, right? Build in some me time, some quiet time, some downtime, some rest, some joy, some pleasure. I think we forget that sometimes when we're having a rough mental health day, sometimes what we just need is some joy and pleasure. Maybe the mental health issue is generated by too much pressure, too much stress, too much focus, you know, a depletion of energy. And uh, sometimes we just need to joy and pleasure or we need to take a nap, clear the schedule. So that's your reminder. Uh, Got a great show planned for you. We're gonna be talking about marriage, relationships, how they can impact our children. (laughs) What are the ways though? And again, we apply these things on a larger scale. That, That whole segment will be about more than just parent to child. It's also about the impact we can have within any relational system, our friend group, right? Our family. So uh, definitely stick around for that. And um, also going to be talking about meaningful activities that can help improve our mental health. But uh, let's start off with some news. I'm, I'm confused that people are confused by this one. So um, an actress, Gina Carano from The Mandalorian, which by the way, I tried to watch, just not my jam. I'm, I'm just not into, you know, the whole Star Wars Uh, legacy. No shame though. I think it's phenomenal. Well done. But I guess I'm confused that she's confused or other people are confused at what has happened at this point. Now, uh, adult accountability. You make problematic remarks. People don't want to be associated with you. They don't want to support that. What do we not understand about that? I, I thought we understood that. Like, I don't want to be a part of or attached to any institution uh, or program that says problematic things. So why would the Mandalorian and everyone that's working so hard putting that show together, why would they want to be associated with the actress who's really said some gross stuff? Um, you know, some really problematic anti-Semitic things. But bigger than that is we shouldn't be thinking these things. Everyone has the right as a human, actually all life, animals and humans have the right to be respected and treated well. 
And if you want to target an exploited marginalized group, there's going to be consequences and there's nothing wrong with consequences. It's not cancel culture. It's consequences. You know, we're seeing that with Donald Trump. People are like, you are a bigot. You've led to a lot of violence and oppression. We don't want to help support you or fund you. That's very understandable. And that also ties into another quick comment. Twitter says that they are permanently banning Trump. That's not cancel culture. That's accountability. They're saying, we don't want to be associated with you. We don't want to give you our platform right? As a microphone to spread your oppression and violence. And that's what they're saying to this actress. Yeah, we don't want to be a part of that. So what's the learning lesson? Don't be a bigot. (laughs) It's that clear. Don't oppress anyone. And then people will want to work with you and want to be a part of your success. But if you're misusing that, well, they want to to peace out. So we shouldn't be thinking oppressive, violent things. But dear God, if you're going to be okay with that, at least don't put that out on your social media. Um, I thought we learned that lesson, but like apparently we needed to reiterate it. So that's the gentle reminder. And yeah, Trump, he's permanently banned. He should be. Twitter has a right to say, we don't want you to use our platform as a resource. And I've even said that on the show. I'm not going to book guests that want to use my radio show as a platform to spread violence and oppression. No, no way. Um, That's not cancel culture. Again, it's accountability. But more importantly, it's about just that's called ethics and compassion. Um, So I hope to see more of that. We're seeing that with Marilyn Manson, God bless. The record label dropped them and some other platforms. Again, saying like, we don't want to be a part of or help promote the violence and abuse that, you know, people have suffered because of you. Um, He has a right to still release his albums, but he has to find another method of doing so. Um, It's just called consequences. And no one is above consequences. Not the former president, not an actress on a popular show, and not a famous musician. And I'm okay with that, you know? Ethics are meaningful. Um, I know it frustrates people. We're even seeing that now. I, I have reported the other night on the Mavericks owned by Mark Cuban about not wanting to play the national anthem anymore. And now they're getting pushback. You know, again, <laughs> consequences. <laughs> uh, sports historically are a site of a lot of people of color feeling, you know, good enough to be supported to make money, but not good enough to be supported in terms of politics. And so, you know, this is kind of what that leaves us with. So I'm, I'm here for that. You know, again, be thoughtful about what you're standing behind and what you're supporting and um, you'll lead a great life. But you can't be surprised that our culture doesn't want to support and help put money in your pocket when you are problematic. <laughs> it's really an easy fix. Just be better folks, you know, so simple. And that kind of ties into uh, our topic later in the show about looking at the impact we're having on those that we're connected to and in a system with family system, career system, whatever it is, that stuff matters. So I'm glad that we're a little more ethical and holding people more accountable. I, I'm, I'm supportive of that, you know, as long as it's reasonable and meaningful. Um, all right. Question night, as always up on our Loveline IG page, and then uh, we'll be closing out the show with some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it on our Loveline IG page and we are here to answer it. Coming up next, talk about meaningful activities that will help us right now with our well-being. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back and we're talking about how to make our lives and our days meaningful. Important topic. Uh, Brought it up today because I really, really want us to have the perspective that there's opportunity right now. You know, when when life is stressful and hard, I want us to honor that, right? Mental health is feeling all your feelings and to feel them deeply and not not shaming our experience of something. But there is room to check in on the perspective we have upon things because some things 
have a positive stress tied to them, right? Might be something that we wanted, something beneficial for us. doesn't mean it can't be stressful, right? Uh, sometimes it's because our identity changes, how we see ourselves in the world and how others see us. Sometimes it's the way we get our needs met, relational dynamics. Um, but we want to be aware of the fact that some of these things are opportunities, right? We can be stressed out about job change or see it as the opportunity it is and say, wow, instead of being stressed, it'd be equally as honest to see it as curiosity. I'm curious about what I get to do next and dating's that way, singledom. Singledom can be about the loss and the lack or the excitement of, oh, now I have an opportunity to find something different, to find something better, to find something healthier. So just remember that some of what's going on now is about perspective, right? Uh, some people are panicking about not being highly productive during this time and I'm saying, or say how great that right now I get to be more rejuvenative, I get to rest, I get to be restorative. So perspective matters and we wanna make sure we're having one that's honest, otherwise it's not gonna have any kind of different impact on us, but be aware of the perspective you apply to things because a lot of things are about, you know, be excited about what's to come next and the opportunities. Now, again, when we look at studies on happiness, we constantly have the same outcomes. It's never, it's never, ever, ever about how much money you make or how many possessions you have. In fact, we know that those, the impact, the positive impact of higher income or more possessions is very short term. Some studies show it's no, no longer than six to nine months. And then it just becomes the way our life is and our lives adjust to it. It always keeps coming back to that happiness is a result of living a life full of meaning. So then that takes us to the topic, which is what are the things we can do to bring meaning to our lives in a time like this when the world is feeling small and closed, we don't have access to the hobbies or forms of self-care maybe we normally, normally have, we don't have a job to maybe go to it all or a job site to go to, you know, to add structure or to be around others. Maybe we're also not having access to friends and family members or loved ones. But there are things we can still do within the context of the rules and regulations, right, that are out there because of COVID. Um, and even within the confines of maybe our current finances, because our relationship to money might have changed right now. Maybe we're making less, maybe we're making none, right? And our, our, our relationship to our day, for some people, the day's gotten smaller and shorter because there's more responsibilities. Others, the day is endless. They don't even know what day it is. They have time drift, right? So within the context of all that's happening, how do we find happiness, AKA purpose and meaning. And that's why I want to keep saying there's, there's uh, synonyms. Happiness is about purpose and meaning. It's not about income. It's not about relational status. It's not about job. Although those things do matter. They are a foundational point, right? But in true philosophical, psychological terms, it's about finding purpose and meaning with what I'm doing within my day. And there's a lot of things we can do. The number one thing that will keep coming up when we're talking about finding happiness and meaning, it will keep coming up when we're talking about mental health, is always gonna be relationship. We are relational beings. And so that will always be at the top of those lists when we're talking about all these topics. And I love that that thread is always there. Your relationships, spending time in them. Now listen, I am self-isolating alone. I'm in a long distance relationship, okay? Um, my partner's in another country. And I am also fond of the rules and regulations. And so I've been maintaining my relationships via FaceTime, phone calls, sending pictures and memes. And every now and then, when I'm feeling safe, meeting someone for short-term, outside, distanced, wearing masks. Because it is important to get fresh air and sunlight, but it is also important to make eye contact with other human beings, right? And that's why FaceTime is awesome. 
as is real time while following the rules and regulations. But that will always be the number one thing. That is how we, that for some people, that's also maybe the only thing they'll put on their schedule is that daily phone call to that friend scheduled at the same time or knowing that they're going to connect. So build that in. After that is also looking at caring for others. I love that. I love that purpose and meaning because I'm looking at uh, three different studies and articles that look at what are the things that can generate the most purpose and meaning. And I wanted to look at the ones that can fit within pandemic because there's a lot of them that aren't, that aren't applicable right now. So that's not really helpful. And so the next one is about caring for loved ones. How can we, within the context of what's happening right now, right? How can we still be a part of that? And again, it's so easy and it's free. It's about checking in. It's about being present. It's about following up. It's about letting them know you're thinking about them. And again, we do that by phone calling, FaceTiming, sending a congratulations, making a post on their Facebook, sending them a meme, sending them a story, starting a routine where maybe every night at a certain time you call them and you sit on the phone or maybe every Friday night you have friends night and you all get together on Zoom. So remember, those tie into the first one about purpose, happiness, and meaning right now is going to be about time with others. And that's also about somehow caring for and being supportive. And that's what the, one of the beautiful things that comes out of the 12-step program, those that are familiar, is being of service to others is often a solution they provide for people that are needing purpose, meaning, confidence, and even staying sober because you're realizing that there's other things in life, things that are bigger and more meaningful. And sometimes what helps us work best on our mental health is not just being seen and connecting, but also knowing that others are there for us, right? And being there for others. Um, what else? I love this next one, education and learning. So interesting that that gets brought in because that's also one of the best, most healing things during a breakup. Within that lack and loss, we can step in with opportunity where we say, who am I? Who do I want to be? What are the other things that are important to me? And right now, there's a lot of free learning and also paid for learning. Right now, some people do want to use this time in that kind of productive avenue. You don't have to, but that's another route of finding purpose and meaning is education and learning. It gives something meaningful to our week, to our day, to our weekends, or an overall thing, working towards a degree or a certificate, or just studying something you love. Because you don't care about working in that industry. You just love, let's say, art history, and so you're studying it to better understand. Things that are rooted in joy and pleasure, such as just studying something for the sake of studying it, not necessarily making money off it, because the minute sometimes we attach money making to something, it removes the joy because it becomes a demand with expectations. But just engaging in the study of something you find valuable is meaning. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna keep talking about what can we do to find purpose and meaning and happiness within the context of what's going on in the world right now. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back and we're talking about things that we can do within the context of everything that's going on in the pandemic as a result of the pandemic that can give us purpose and meaning and happiness in our lives. So again, right now, due to finances, due to a lot of the world being closed, uh, due to people being quarantined, we don't have access to the hobbies and the things that give us identity, purpose, meaning. So we're talking about things that are still accessible. And this is coming from a wealth of a couple studies uh, and articles. So the first one, again, was spending time with others. That will always be at the top of the list when we're talking about happiness, meaning, value, purpose, um, mental health. So if nothing else, zero in on that. Who are people that I wanted to get closer to? Who are people that I want to stay close to? Who have I missed? And that could be the starting point as to who it is you're going to you know, really work on that with or stay close to. And some for, some for others, it's bringing in new people with different identities or ethics because... 
you've learned a lot about friends or family members and you're moving away from people as a result of learning more about their thoughts and feelings around all the different things that are happening in the world. And then we talked about just caring for others. Um, educational learning was another big one on this list. That's something, whether it's tied to a degree or, or earning money, that doesn't matter as much as just spending our time immersed in topics that are meaningful to us, right? So for some people, it might be a new career and others, it's never going to be. And that's okay. They just want to study these things. There's a lot of interesting topics that I study that have nothing to do with my work or career and never will, but I find joy and meaning in reading about them, watching interviews about it and learning. Um, and I want to, I want to hold the value for that. There's something meaningful in that. So, so don't disregard that. Um, and again, this is another thing that you'll constantly see coming up, gratitude and gratitude lists not to bypass acknowledging what's going on and really being present to it. But gratitude reminds us that during times of struggle, there are some things that can still be beneficial or positive that still exist. And that's just as honest. It's more honest. It's the balance, it's the truth that during great times, we can have dark times and during dark times, great things can still be happening alongside it or because of it. And we want to be able to acknowledge both. Um, traveling came up a lot. You know, that's something we're going to kind of, <laughs> not really get into. Can you, should you be traveling right now? Well, it's questionable, right? Because in theory, with those that you're living with, right? Um, or people that have been tested, or you yourself, could you, in theory, safely be in a car and go to an area where you're not spreading anything or coming in contact with anyone else? Sure. I think it's great for you or people that you're quarantining with to maybe go hiking or to the beach or drive the coast. As long as you're not bringing that into other smaller towns and locations or frontline workers that you shouldn't be forcing yourself in contact with, um, that can work, right? There's, there's, there's an ethical way to get outside your immediate area to do it safely and not put anyone else at risk. So I think that that's, that's meaningful and valuable. I know some couples that have done that, but just be thoughtful about the smaller towns or areas that maybe you're possibly bringing something to. So get tested, follow the guidelines, be very thoughtful about that. A lot of people are forced into work and don't feel safe or ready. And they're encountering all the people that are showing up, right? I think about that every time I go to the supermarket, that a lot of the people that are working there might not feel safe or want to be, but have to due to economics, um, don't want to lose their job and I don't want to make them come in contact with more people than they have to or as more often as than they have to. Um, and then finally, I love this one and you'll see this constantly coming up as well. Rest and sleep. One of the most powerful ways to really work on bringing happiness and joy to our lives is to have energy to participate, you know, to not, not run ourselves down, to stop finding glory and valor and saying, I work so hard. Look at how unavailable I am or look at how <laughs> absent I am to important parts of my life. no. Be present. And part of that's sleeping, resting. You know, that's why at the end of the day, it's really hard for us to take care of ourselves. That's when people are maybe engaging in activities they're not most comfortable with, right? Or they're fighting more because they're tired. It takes energy to have boundaries. It takes energy to be regulated. It takes energy to focus on self-care and responsibilities. By the end of the day, we're tired. The way to combat that is by resting as much as we can throughout the day, sleeping in as much as we can, taking naps, taking breaks, going for gentle walks, you know? Take advantage of that. If you're at the office, walk slower to the bathroom and just shake off whatever's been going on. Take a break and step outside. Maybe go sit in your car and play some music. Music therapy I keep sharing has been powerful for me. I just put on my headphones. I block out the world. I dissociate from the world. And I let the music just kind of run through my body and soothe me. It's a really great way to change your neurological and um, nervous system state. It's things like music changing your environment. So take advantage of that. You know, going in the bathroom, closing the door, taking a long shower, taking a bath, 
burning, you know, it's always about attending to all the senses, right? Maybe shifting what you smell, shifting what you see, shifting what you hear via candles, music, television, you know, different environments. So that's the best we got right now, y'all. But that is the way that within the context of all that's happening, we can try to bring some purpose, happiness, and meaning and mental health. Uh, coming up next, going to be sliding into those DMs as always. And then we're going to be talking about uh, the impact a bad marriage or a bad relationship can have on the kids. It matters, y'all. Kids need happiness, not two married parents. <laughs> you know, that's that's the uh, headline of that one. So stick around for that. Question of the night, as always, is up on our Loveline IG page. That's in the story, so weigh in on that. And uh, DMs, always open. So if you got a question for me, drop it on in there. Always anonymous and confidential. Whatever you're worrying about or struggling with, other people are too. So, you know, we're here for you. And uh, as always, Loveline's up on uh, wearechannelq.com. You check out past episodes. Uh, scroll down, click on my little face, and there they all are. And while you're there, check out some of the other shows. All good stuff. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Tonight's DM says, hey, Dr. Chris, I'm feeling pretty lonely lately. Maybe with the passing of Valentine's Day and quarantine coming up on a full year, I'm starting to slip into a little bit more depression. I'm wondering, is this normal? Or should I seek help from a professional? You should seek help. If you're questioning that and wondering if this is normal and saying it's getting worse, you should get into some therapy. You're never, it's, it's never gonna be too soon. Therapy's never gonna be the wrong thing. Worst case scenario, through therapy, you realize, oh, maybe I'm doing a little better than I realize, or maybe there's some things I can do to feel better, and you're glad you did it anyway. And so when in doubt, reach out, 100%. Whenever I hear someone say, I wonder if I should get into therapy, the answer is always yes. I don't know what's driving that, but it's never gonna be a wrong move. You're never gonna regret it. So do it. Because yes, it is normal. It is absolutely normal for us to feel depressed and anxious around what's going on in the world. I expect that and worry for some that don't. I'm wondering how they're not feeling the impact. Uh, so we have to manage and learn to live with some of that. But if it's really feeling bad and you're questioning reaching out, then yes, you should reach out. I will always, 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 always say that. Um, when in doubt, reach out. And that's like the mantra that I want everyone to kind of live by. Uh, because different people are reaching out and they're having symptoms that aren't familiar for them, right? And some people are reaching out feeling the same. Some people are reaching out feeling more amplified. And all of those are normal. Everyone's having a very different experience of what's happening right now, right? We don't have access to the things that make us happy. We're, we're worrying about our basic needs. Um, mental health is impacted by everything, everything. Everything has a mental health impact. It's, it's shocking. Everything biological, everything social, everything spiritual, everything philosophical, everything within our family, everything within our social circle, they all intersect and tie in. And so what a great thing to gift yourself is to get into some therapy. Everyone, as I said before, at some point in their life should spend some time really looking at who they are in the world, looking at how they're impacting others, looking at the impact others are having on them, looking at you know things that they are patterned and habited within that's creating some toxicity, um, goals. I mean, there's so much in there. So take the time, do the work. You will not regret it. It will be good for you. But if you have that question, then absolutely reach out. I don't want people to feel as though whatever they're going through right now, they have to go through it alone. So therapy, but also 
you know, get more vulnerable and transparent with the people that are close to you in your life. And if you don't have that, now's the time. And this is an indicator. Wow, I, I realize that I don't have anyone that I can go to with this that I trust or feel safe with. Let me start to build that. And maybe that's what I want listeners to hear. If you're thinking, wow, if I was in this person's situation and I needed a close friend or two or family member or two to talk to about this and check in, but I don't, let me start creating and building that. I need that. Maybe get closer and more intimate and vulnerable with people that you already have in your life. Maybe start to develop a friendship with someone you've been missing and thinking about. Whatever it is, start to create that. We all need to have access to that. So and, and use this moment, this question, <clears throat> excuse me, as a check-in. Do I have those resources in my life? And if not, how can I begin that process? And that doesn't mean your uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, or husband, or wife. Yes, they can be one of those, but I want us to have access to others as well. I don't want everything so insulated and nuclear. We have to have uh, other supports. We can't go to our partner for everything, especially because sometimes they are the issue that we need care and support around. And I worry for people where they try to put every need on their partner, husband, or wife. They want them to be their, their loved one, their companion, right? Maybe their co-parent, they want them to also be their sex partner. They also want them to do friend duties. That's a lot. That's too much. It's healthy for us to have time away and apart. I want people to go out on a friend's day or a friend's night where every Tuesday night, it's just the friends. Or every Saturday, they're running around, whatever it is. Sunday's just family day, just you and your family. We need to have that care and support around us. So use this more so as a check-in. But again, if you're asking yourself, I wonder if I should get into therapy, the answer is yes. Yes, it is. If you're wondering if the coping mechanisms you've been utilizing through COVID have gotten to be problematic, yes, get into some therapy and talk that out. That is part of that process. You will not regret it. All right, coming up next, we're going to be talking about how staying together, quote unquote, for the kids is not a good idea and how a bad marriage will create trauma for children. That's right. Something you have to think about. The people at the top of the system, yes, it trickles down. Their mental states and their struggles do impact the children. Children are living in that system. They're picking it up and internalizing it. Listening to Loveline, we'll be back with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back and uh, we're talking about how marriages impact kids, right? So let's first start kind of broad and then we'll zero on, we'll zero on in. We have to first remember that everything is a system that everything one of us within any kind of system does, thinks, or feels will impact those around us. Whether we're talking about work or we're talking about a social network or we're talking about a family network, every person involved has an impact. They're constantly inputting something and everyone else is on the receiving end. So in this theory, it doesn't matter who necessarily starts inputting something maybe problematic, right? Behaviorally or verbally but we all are impacted by it. And that's the first key to this whole concept about how marriages can impact children, the health of the marriage. Uh, but again, think about any relational dynamic and it impacts anyone else involved in the system. Now what's powerful about that is that anyone can change their behavior, their thoughts, their perspectives, their feelings, and that will necessarily have an impact on how the system reorients itself. Now, those that are at the higher end of the hierarchy, those that have a lot of power, will be the ones that have the most impact if they change the system. Rough example, you see people that come home from maybe drug and alcohol rehab or a partner that's gotten into therapy. And if there's someone who's at the top of the power chain, if we're talking about a family dynamic, it's usually gonna be one of the caregivers. 
if they come home and now they're sober or they come home and now they're engaging in healthier emotional functioning, right? That's going to change what it feels like to be home, what it feels like to be around them. Uh, you're going to be responding to someone different. So you're going to maybe be able to feel safer. Your system will feel more regulated because you're not going up against what you were before. Uh, now that that person's home and they're sober, there's maybe less lying, there's less chaos. So you notice how everyone is impacted. No one exists in a vacuum. Now those children at the lower end of the system in terms of the hierarchy of power within there, there's not much they can do. Do they have an impact? Absolutely. When you bring children into a home or into a family, absolutely their behavior, their presence, their energy has an impact, but they don't have a lot of power. So they don't have a lot of, they don't necessarily have the ability to create positive changes. So that's always going to fall on the parents. And, you know, I do get contacted by individuals that say, listen, I'm in a relationship and we need help, couples therapy, uh, marriage therapy, but my partner's not willing to come in with me. So can that person on their own do some work and create change? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Theoretically, they can go home and be better. And now their partner is engaging and responding to someone who's healthier, someone who maybe advocates for themselves more, sets better boundaries, is more regulated themselves, has better communication skills. That will have an impact on the partner. They're no longer up against or dealing with someone who's argumentative, dysregulated, aggressive. Um, but I mean, of course, side note, yes, it's a red flag when someone says our marriage or relationship's in trouble and I don't have an interest in working on it. You go work on it. That's a huge red flag. Okay, but we're not talking about that today. We're just talking about the impact of one person making a change within a system. But the bigger point is just that we're all part of that system and we're all impacted. And that's why friends in a social network might try to help support a friend in getting help, right? Uh, sobriety, mental health, whatever it is. But again, we're talking mostly about how families impact children. So we're all at the mercy of our environments, right? And so whenever someone comes into my office and they want to blame parents for different dynamics, that doesn't mean that that's not always legitimate. Sometimes it is just the individual behavior of one or both caregivers. Other times it's inherited. It's intergenerationally transmitted trauma or, you know, bad relational perspectives and skills. And we have to sometimes bring that empathy in. What, what must these individuals, maybe your caregivers in this example, themselves have been through? that led them to be the way they are or to see the world the way they see the world. Because it's the rare person that wakes up and says, I wanna make it very difficult on my kids. That's usually not what happens. Usually caregivers themselves are dealing with the fallout of what occurred in their own childhood and adolescence. Because remember, the family isn't the only powerful socializer. It's one of many. Social media matters. That now places us within a certain context. It tells us different norms and values in terms of who's worthwhile and who's desirable but also our own adolescence. You know, we leave the family, we go into the social world and our friends also reinforce or reduce, you know, certain perspectives we have on ourselves uh, or certain struggles that we have out in the world, right? Point being again, we always have to have empathy and say, what must have gone on for this individual that's made them so difficult to be around and be in a relationship with? That's just empathy building. That is not to take the accountability or responsibility off of them for being better or doing the necessary work. We all have to do that, right? But it's important to just have that empathetic piece that you yourself will maybe at some point rise up into a position of power and be in a relationship or part of a family dynamic and, and your stuff will be brought forward, right? So that's why we have to take a lot of responsibility as caregivers if we have someone less powerful than us under our care, right? 
Um, and again, this applies to all social networks, bosses with employees, uh, friends that are maybe on the higher end of the hierarchy, because social networks tend to have that those power dynamics as well, whatever it is we're talking about. Even in romantic dyads, two people in a relationship, uh, usually it's gendered, usually it's gonna be the male, but it, it, it luckily that's kind of gotten reduced. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back though, we're gonna keep talking about the impact of marital and family systems on the kids and get a little more specific. Uh, you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, I'm back. <laughs> and uh, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about a lot of things. Uh, we're talking about systems and how family systems impact children in terms of the health of the system. And in our last segment, <clears throat> excuse me, we were talking about how every system is changeable based on what the people within it do. So you know how that is. Think of a friend, friend network. A new friend emerges, you know, joins the group. Group becomes different. You know, um, <clears throat> a member of a family gets sober, does some mental health work, uh, maybe comes out as gay or trans. All sorts of different factors can change a system. And we're also talking about the empathy we have to have, that everyone's at the mercy of the system they were born into, intergenerational trauma that's passed down in our bodies and our psyches. Yes, we can carry with us unconsciously without even knowing trauma from past <clears throat> generations within our within our family line, um, even things from friends, right? Social networks that we're part of, all these things to help develop who we are and how we see the world. So we have to have empathy for people that are difficult, um, people that bring toxic things into systems. Is they don't generally say, I want to be problematic. It's that they're raised in these problematic systems, their responsibility to be and do better. Uh, and that's why sometimes it's really hard. Someone might not be good for us and we have to set a boundary or remove them from our lives, even while recognizing that they're at the mercy of all these different forces that they've been socialized within. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean we can't set boundaries and protect ourselves. But we're talking mainly about the impact parents have on their children. So the, the main headline is that children do better in happier relational dynamics than they do being part of a family <clears throat> that forces themselves to be and stay together because they think the child what, what because what they think the child really needs is uh, a married married parents. Some people still think that children need a man and a woman to care to be a caregiver. They don't. Children just need caregivers. Children need love. Children need care. Children need trust. Children need safety. They need their basic needs met. They don't necessarily need the gender, and the gender doesn't matter because every father parents differently, every mother mothers differently. What what kids need is caregivers. Sometimes they're raised by one parent. Sometimes they're raised by two same sex parents. Sometimes they're raised by two friends. I've talked about this on the show. I have friends that one's a lesbian, one's a gay man. They they have a child together. I know a single father who has three children. Right, <clears throat> all different dynamics. Point being, I want parents to say. What kind of family system have we created? If us being together in this household is creating a household that has a lot of fighting, negativity, toxicity, then we need to change that. It's not about we'll stay together and no matter what that brings into the household or the system, that somehow just being together is better is not true. The health matters. And so that should always be the starting point. Us as a couple, right, living in the same household, running this family system, what does it honestly look like? What kind? What are we bringing the children into? Um, and if it's anything less than health, you need to reorient that. I'd rather a child be raised 
in two separate families, if both of them are loving, caring, and supportive, then them being raised in one, that's toxic and aggressive. Again, working with clients, undoing all of that damage, it's quite extraordinary. They themselves say, I would have preferred to have been in a happy household, two of them or whatever it would have been, than the one I was in, where they thought they were doing it for me by sticking around and staying together. So difficult decisions have to be made. But again, remember, systems can change and the health of a system impacts the health of everyone within it. And there's so many options available, right? I mean, the first starting point is I love for couples to sit down and just have that discussion. You know, look, we're parents, we're caregivers. What kind of system have we created? Because we have to take responsibility for those with lesser power within the system that are impacted by us, right? We're, we are responsible for the temperature. We are responsible for the health. Let's do better, right? Because that's a really powerful responsibility you take on when you decide to be a caregiver. You have to have a selflessness. You do. Your life will be disrupted. You cannot expect, just like when people date, you can't expect that this new person will be brought in, whether someone you're dating or a child, and just be dropped into your life and the current life structure as it is and things will go on as business as usual. That is not a sign of a healthy system. Healthy systems are always changed based on the needs of the people, which is why we're constantly talking about updating rules, laws, regulations, because they should meet the needs of people. People shouldn't be needing the needs of systems and they constantly have to change and be updated based on these people's needs. So take advantage of the resources. There are t there's tons of great couples and marital books out there to be read, self-help books. There is therapy, individual and couples. And it hurts my heart that couples and, and, and families won't enter therapy because of what it means or they don't wanna take the time and they just allow everyone to keep living in these miserable systems. So much change is possible, but you have to be willing to do the work. You know, romantic relationships and caregiving and parenthood are the most powerful relationships we have for self-reflection and transformation. They are people-growing systems. You know, being a parent or being a partner to someone means I'm willing to let them hold a mirror up and show me where my, where my work is. Your struggles with your child shows you where your work is. When your child triggers you, that reminds you what your triggers are and what you need to work on. Right, And so we often want the child's behavior to change so we don't have to do our work. But I always tell parents, the minute you have a child, let that be a site where you learn how to grow up. You know, It's letting you know your dysregulation. It's letting you know about your boundaries. It's letting you know about self-care. It's letting you know about self-esteem. You have to be willing to step into that work. You know, and that's why I bring up the word systems, even within social circles, you know, the health of each person that's part of that friend network is impacted by the health of everyone around. And we can at any point change those systems saying, let's no longer be that those kinds of friends that act and talk this way with each other about other people. Family systems are the same, but they have a more ongoing impact because this is where a lot of our basic needs get met. Right. And there's so much immersion in the family systems. And so, uh, you know, everyone listening, just step back and kind of take the temperature and look at the, the, the negative qualities within the systems you're a part of and, and be willing to step in and be part of creating that change. Right. All right, y'all, we got to take a break. Question of the night, as always, up on our Loveline IG page. That's in the stories. Uh, doing that as often as possible. Also, DMs. Got a question for us? Drop them in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, excuse me, and producer Alex will uh, get your question answered. And as always, Loveline. Check out past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com.
All right, we're back. And uh, I've been getting a lot of questions recently, my DMs, um, also some emails. And it's really kind of wrapped itself around the same core question. So <laughs> the questions were basically feeling burnout and hitting a wall, uh, losing hope that things are ever going to come back to normal and resolve themselves, having heightened anxiety and depression, uh, feeling isolated, lonely, and disconnected, uh, missing out on the joy of participating in the world in the ways that I'm used to, um, multitude of things, Un uncomfortable with maybe my relationship to my drinking, my body, the food I'm eating, people just basically saying, what is going on? <laughs> and I want to kind of bring everyone back to basics. You know, we've talked all week about looking at our relationship to friends and how the pandemic has impacted that. We've looked at how to be better part of all different relational systems, including the impact, you know, parental conf parental conflict has on children, right? We've normalized some aspects of fatherhood. Let's get into some really basic mental health stuff. Approach what's going on with you. You know, we talk a lot about emotions being good or bad. No, they're just emotions and energy. Some feel better, some feel worse, some feel make, make us feel more functional, others don't. But we wanna learn how to be a companion to our, to our emotions. We wanna learn how to not be afraid of them. We wanna learn how to ask them, what are they requesting of us? What needs to maybe change? We don't wanna be so avoidant. When we're feeling something, we don't wanna always find a way to get rid of it or to cure it or to fix it. It's okay to just let it be there and, and sit with it for a minute, right? Like that's the number one thing. It's okay that you're feeling the way you're feeling. We wanna normalize that, right? We don't always wanna to jump to solutions, but we wanna say that there's gonna be a multitude of experiences that are maybe new for you, we're not familiar, amplified, and that's okay, right? And then we wanna swoop into this, the, one of the other things that we're hearing a lot more about, I'm trying to talk more about this, which is we need to be okay with doing nothing. We're, we're getting rid of the word lazy. We're not using that word anymore. Never using that word again. I abhor that word, I call it out whenever a client talks about it. We're not lazy. We're either not interested in what's happening, either it's no longer serving us, we're maybe we're burnt out and we're tired, maybe we're afraid of resting and just taking time, maybe self-care is foreign to us or new for us, but we're not lazy, <laughs> okay? There's a lot going on and we're under-evaluating the impact of the emotional labor it takes to get through what's going on but we're getting, rid of we're getting rid of words like lazy. We're also, again, reminder, letting 60%, maybe 70% be enough. We're not going for 100% right now. I don't care if it's with your diet, which we're not doing diets anymore. It's not with your workout. You don't need to do 100%. Your job, uh, parenting, we're letting things go. We're focusing on our mental health, and that means some things are left unattended to. Some things aren't an A+. We're letting things be 60 or 70%, and that's gotta be good enough. The world's changed. It's different right now. And the, the expectation can't be that we're participating in everything fully as though nothing's different. We're letting kids show up to school differently. We're letting them stay up later. We're letting them eat some snacks that make them feel good. We're doing the same thing for ourselves. We're eating that ice cream. We're not shaming food. We're not shaming our bodies. We're not using the word lazy. We're just centering ourselves. We're asking ourselves what we need. We're prioritizing our mental health, right? So we're dropping the bar. Two different ways to frame that, but drop the bar on yourselves, but also dropping the bar on others, right? We're also allowing the experience and the creation of small moments of pleasure and joy. That can still be brought into tough times. We're still allowed to seek that. There's nothing wrong with centering that, right? We don't wanna remove all of that. That's not dishonoring all that's going on in the world, but I have some people that are feeling bad that they maybe got a job promotion or they're feeling bad that something 
that they got engaged. They're, they're feeling bad about celebrating some of the joys in their life because of the experience others are having. But I want people to feel okay being present in what's going on for them. It's not to dishonor other people's struggles to celebrate what's going on well for you, right? We have to be able to do that, even, even just with those close to you. Maybe you're not posting about it on your social media because we've all seen how tone deaf that can read right? When there's something really heavy going on culturally or socially and you're, someone's just taking that moment to celebrate something. But we want to be open to letting others do that. And if you see someone celebrating a win, maybe that was really important for them to do for their own mental health. So let's be very thoughtful before we kind of pile on and attack something like that, right? But when someone's asking you how you're doing, we're being honest now. We're moving in with, we're moving forward with that. That's part of what we're doing. I know, I know the new year has come and gone, but we're not very deep into it. We can still set new rules and standards. We're making room for our grief and the grief of other people as well. We're not rushing the grieving process. We're not saying that happened last year, get over it. We're still mourning the loss of loved ones, of our jobs, of our former life. That's okay too, right? But we're also reminding ourselves that at the same time, newness is on its way as well. And we're holding hope for that, that what we can promise out of all the things we can't promise, what we can promise is that no matter what, change always will happen. Maybe change will be towards getting worse for a while, but at some point change does happen. And that means we have a new moment to reorient ourselves to, to, towards that, that which is in front of us, right? There's some gold standards and that's one of them. We have to hang in there for that. But all of this is just to, again, reinforce and remind because the rest of the world is often telling you that, no, right now you should be giving it a 1% or I'm sorry, a hundred percent for that home workout. And right now people are saying new you, new body, new year. And we want to be pushing back on all of that. We're okay as we are, but we're still centering and prioritizing mental health, right? We're looking out for ourselves, self-care, but we're not overextending ourselves with these expectations or expectations on others. It's love and care and compassion you know, which is really hard for us to sometimes offer and afford ourselves. Uh, I'll remind you more of that. It's always kind of woven out throughout the show, but coming up next DMs, you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back and we're going to slide on into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. All right, tonight's DM says, Hey, Dr. Chris. So I've been dating this guy Garrett for a year basically the whole pandemic, although we were friends before it all started. See, beautiful, love stories like that. We recently took a mini getaway to Denver, which was the best surprise. But when we got there, we met up with two of his friends. Okay, so far so good. Over the night, it was revealed that Garrett used to date one of the guys, Chris, a few years ago, and that's how they were all friends now. Yes, that's how it goes. Healthy relationships and lovingly, when it's not working, we can sometimes ease in a friendship because just because romance or sex isn't where it's compatible or chemistry doesn't mean we can't still have a friendship. That's part of how people build their friend circle is through dating. It's a great thing. It's a sign of health. Um, that news pretty much ruined my night. I felt like I was blindsided and then I felt even more like a fourth wheel. Garrett doesn't understand why this is a big deal and why it still eats at me even though the trip is a few weeks ago. How can I make him understand why this hurt me? Um, well, because Garrett lives in a different world than you. You live in a world that was framed under what we call toxic monogamy and really hyper jealous. Um, I don't know what's so upsetting about you to have to relate to someone who is a meaningful part of his life now and used to be someone who he dated romantically. We, we have to mature out of that. 
people have friends, friendship with their exes. And yes, they don't always introduce them as such because they don't feel the need to disclose that because a lot of people don't think that that has any relevance or meaning. I don't. If I'm in a relationship with someone, a lot of people that are friends of mine are people I've hooked up with once, hooked up with a few times, dated for a month, dated for a year. Some of them are people I would have said I'm in a relationship with, others I wouldn't. It's, it's all over and I don't feel the need, nor do I have to feel the need to literally hold someone's hand through the role that this person played in my life at some point. So he's choosing to not honor your jealousy. And I support that. We don't, just because someone's jealous about something or uncomfortable doesn't mean we have to fix it or change it. We have a right in a relationship to say, I hear you. I'm here and open to hearing about it, but I don't support or agree with that. Because to Garrett, there's nothing wrong with being friends with exes and to include everyone. I appreciate that you felt blindsided. So great, say to him, hey, listen, Garrett, that was a little uncomfortable. In the future, can you let me know if we're gonna be socializing with someone who's an ex of yours because I have a lot of insecurity around that and I wanna be prepared for that. And I think he'd say, okay, I'll tell you that. That's how you handle that. There's no reason to dramatize it. There's no reason two weeks later to catastrophize it because that's what you're doing. You need to right size it, crank it down a few notches, stand on your two feet and internalize and process that. It's okay that he still has that relationship. What are you threatened by or upset about? That you weren't told? Great, learning lesson. Ask him to tell you in the future. Bam, moving on. Or are you uncomfortable that he still has a relationship with someone he was with God knows how long ago for God knows how long? You need to grow up about that. That is part of being in a relationship with someone. You've entered their life after they've already lived a life. And there will be people that they've slept with or dated before. And yes, you will bump into them at times or spend a weekend with them. Be better than that anxiety. There's nothing to be anxious about. And my sense is you feeling like a fourth wheel was something you created because you felt like you were othered because you weren't told, okay, we can handle that by saying, please don't do that again. But you most likely created that distancing or not. And again, I would love for you to pull them aside in the moment, lovingly saying, hey, I'm feeling a little left out. Could you maybe try to find ways to be more inclusive? And I gotta believe Garrett would have said, sure, come sit next to me. And he would have pulled you more into the conversation. But it, most likely you stayed silent, you stewed, and now you're just acting out ridiculousness all over the place. So learning lesson, ask him to tell you next time. And next time, be an adult. And if your needs aren't getting met, speak up. He probably assumed we're all adults here and everyone's participating at the levels that are meaningful to them. And most likely you thought my partner's an adult and if they feel uncomfortable left out or if there's anything I need to know, they'll share that with me. So you are showing some red flags and have some relational maturing to do. So work on that, all right? Let's be better, let's be better this year, truly. All right, y'all, that is our show. We'll be back tomorrow. Gonna to be talking about some great stuff, including the need for human contact and how some people <laughs> are breaking the rules because they don't understand that there's tons of safe ways to get our needs met. So we'll be talking about that and of course doing some DMs and uh, that's right. So thanks for hanging out with us. See you tomorrow and enjoy the rest of your night.